This is Matt Greller, CEO of AIM. Welcome to the Hometown Innovations Podcast. Join us as we share ways our municipalities are positioning themselves for the future, thought-provoking interviews with state and local leaders, and more. Thanks for listening as we tell the municipal story. Hi, this is Jennifer Simmons with AIM. Today on the Hometown Innovations Podcast, we're joined by Brian Gould and Lindsay Moss. They're the lead lobbyists for the AIM Government Affairs team. Thanks for being on the podcast, guys. Thanks, Jennifer. Thanks. So we just finished what is called a short legislative session. This is a non-budget writing session where things are typically uneventful. Um, and so for the first, what, 10 weeks of this one, I would say they were also fairly, <laughs> fairly uneventful. So Brian, what happened? Yeah, it, it definitely was uh, start out pretty low key, quiet. Um, we had, you know, kind of the typical number of bills that were introduced and about half of those applied to local government that we were watching closely. Uh, but as we came down the home stretch, I think we saw, you know, really just some pretty large differences of policy decision um, that really kind of put the halt on five or six bills. Uh, and we got to the really the final 48 hours and we didn't see a lot of momentum either way, not a lot of negotiations. Uh, and then we really got down to the final hours and it was a little bit of everything. Um, some of those disagreements continued. Uh, there were technical issues of printers not working quickly enough, voting machines not working. Uh, and we really just ran out of time. Uh, you know, there was an attempt to try and extend a session by an hour or so, so they could finish up those last five or six bills. Um, but the legislature was not real comfortable with that, decided to go ahead and conclude at midnight. Um, and we had some pretty big issues that were left on the table. Uh, and, and last week, the governor announced, you know, at least two of those issues are big enough to come back for a special session, probably in mid-May, uh, to uh, address those problems uh, and try and find some type of compromise there. And we still have a couple issues for ourselves uh, that we're, we're working on uh, before that special session starts. So each week during the legislative session, we do an AIM legislative summary where we highlight several bills from that week, things that were happening at the State House. In this past session, we wrote about and talked about annexation waivers every week. Um, let's talk about annexation, the discussion at the State House, um, and identify where things ended up in the final hours. Lindsay? So heading into this session, about a month beforehand, I would say, we started hearing some rumblings that some other stakeholders were going to pursue uh, legislation that dealt with annexation remonstrance waivers. Uh, these waivers are voluntary agreements that property owners and municipalities enter into uh, before a municipality will extend their sewer services outside of, of the municipal boundaries. So in exchange for the municipality uh, extending their services to these properties that need municipal service, that property owner will agree that they uh, waive their right to remonstrate against an annexation that a municipality may attempt in the future. There are several thousand of these remonstrance waivers uh, outstanding uh, in the state, and there uh, was an attempt, uh, many of you probably remember during the 2015 session, how dramatically the annexation statute was overhauled. Uh, making it significantly more difficult for municipalities to successfully annex. There was an attempt at that time to impact those outstanding existing remonstrance waivers, but the decision was made by the General Assembly at that time that it was not good public policy to go back and retroactively impose standards on 
waivers that are in current existence today. But on a going forward basis, these waivers have a life of 15 years, again, on a going forward basis after the 2015 reforms. But there were uh, several bills, at least seven different bills introduced this session uh, that dealt with annexation. Uh, at least four of them dealt with annexation remonstrance waivers that would have voided waivers that were older than 15 years old and would have put a 15-year uh, shot clock on waivers signed after 2003. So a waiver that was executed in 2003 would essentially be, be void as soon as one of these bills uh, went into effect had it passed. We are pleased to report that none of those bills have passed at this time. As Brian was saying earlier, we did still have a few outstanding issues left on the table, and one of those issues was a bill that contained language that would have voided old remonstrance waivers. That was contained in House Bill 1104, which was one of those handful of bills that died in the final minutes of the session. But uh, although the final conference committee report did contain that language, earlier that very afternoon of the last day of session, there was a conference committee report for 1104 being circulated for signatures that did not contain the annexation remonstrance waiver language, which we were really encouraged to see. We thought that it would stay out of the final conference committee report because it was being circulated for signatures um, on the afternoon of the last day. But in some last minute negotiating, they went back to a prior conference committee report that did contain the language. So that's what was up for a final vote at about 11.59 p.m. Uh, on the House. The Senate actually did pass it, but the House did not get to it. So this is an issue that is potentially on the table for the special session. We're hopeful that it does not come back. It was not one of the bills that was cited by the governor as a must-have. Um, in his announcement of a special session, um, but we are still keeping our eye on it and um, talking with leadership in hopes that this does not come back during the special session. All right, so on the positive front, I mean, there were some, some good things that did happen this legislative session, and I'm not just talking about Sunday sales. There was some good stuff that happened for municipalities, too. Um, each session, we have some initiatives. We call them, like, operational initiatives, Items that may not be exciting to most everyone, um, but they do make operating municipal government just a little easier, a little more efficient. Um, we had some success there. Brian, you want to walk through those? Yeah, sure. So uh, we had four AIM initiatives going into this legislative session, and, and, and glad to report back that all four um, passed out of the legislature and have been signed by Governor Holcomb at this time. Um, and as you said, it's, it's, it's really nothing too flashy or exciting. We really want non-controversial, common sense ways to improve efficiencies at local government level. Um, and those range from, you know, House Bill 1004 that ended up being a House Republican priority piece of legislation uh, that dealt with a variety of onerous requirements, uh, eliminating some red, red tape and bureaucracy and just helping cities and towns function at a, a more effective level for their constituents. Uh, we had a, a bill that was looking to clean up some statutory conflicts in, in existing statute. Uh, another piece of legislation to help increase communication and notification between different levels of government uh, and cities and towns and state agencies uh, that I think at the end of the day will be really beneficial for our membership. Uh, and then lastly, you know, we continue to work on abandoned and blighted, blighted properties Almost every year, uh, there's a couple pieces of legislation out there. 
And one thing that uh, we in particular worked on this year, dealing with uh, those abandoned blighted properties that continue to cycle through a tax sale, uh, where an investor perhaps will look at a property and think they can do a quick flip or turn it into a rental property, uh, only to, once they've acquired the property, realize how much work is there and how much needs to be done. Uh, so this bill, um, 296, will allow the local entities to provide some uh, prior insight to a prospective purchaser as to exactly what they're getting into uh, before they acquire that property. Um, you know, one other thing I'd mention as far as successful uh, session, we're really lining ourselves up uh, in the upcoming interim uh, for some really interesting study topics for us. Uh, water infrastructure uh, and wastewater infrastructure is going to be a big part of the conversation in the 2019 budget year. Uh, also coming out of that House Bill 1004 was uh, taking a closer look at requirements for local governments on public notices and what that impact is and if there's a true benefit and how much of that benefit there is for our constituents. Alcohol permits, we're gonna enter year two uh, of the alcohol conversation. Jennifer, you already talked about Sunday sales, but we're gonna continue that conversation on uh, the need for additional permits statewide. That on top of just you know the typical 900 bills that were introduced and we follow about half of those uh, and about 100 coming down the home stretch that we were working on in the last few weeks. All right, let's talk for a few minutes about what our membership can be doing. So we know that there's a special session coming up in May. So why don't you both weigh in on what can our folks be doing between now and that special session? What should they be doing between the special session and the 2019 long budget writing session? Uh, you know, when we went from IACT to AIM, we really put an emphasis on grassroots um, advocacy getting our membership more engaged, building more relationships. So where should they start? Brian, you want to kick us off and then Lindsay? I, I would just highlight for our members, it's really important to maintain those relationships with legislatures over the interim. Uh, yes, we're enter entering a political silly season here uh, with uh, campaigning firing up and uh, elections <coughs> fast approaching. Uh, but I think last year we saw a really big benefit of doing additional outreach through community crossings programs, groundbreakings, ribbon cuttings at different economic development events. I think we'd really like to continue that this interim. Um, some of these key things that we know are going to come back in 2019 with water infrastructure and alcohol issues, make sure your legislators are you know, up to speed on, on what your need is and, and what they can do to help you in the upcoming session. And then clearly, you know, some of the takeaways from this session with annexation and, and TIF in the future, uh, ensuring that you have that relationship and that dialogue open with them. Lindsay, what do you think? I echo what Brian said about the importance of maintaining relationships with legislators. It's really important for you to thank them for the positive things that did occur this session, like passage of the broadband bill, um, helping us achieve all four of our legislative initiatives this year with really out any controversy. And I mean, they take time away from their families to come serve in Indianapolis. It's important for uh, you to recognize the sacrifices they make for the community, but also so they understand what your priorities are um, on a local level back home. I think Brian touched on the fact that we may be hearing more about TIF in the interim or in the upcoming session. Is there anything, Lindsay, that our folks should be doing to gear up for that? Yeah, actually one of the issues that was still left on the table in the final minutes of session was language that would have required redevelopment commissions to host an annual meeting every year for the underlying taxing units that explains the impact of TIF on those units. 
Um, that legislation was contained in a bill that was cited as a must-have for the governor, so we may see that come back during the special session. But we don't see that as a negative thing. We actually see that as a positive, and we supported that language because we think to the extent that locals can explain to the other units the benefit of TIF on the community and walk them through the true impact of the numbers on those other units, we think the numbers are on our side. And to the extent that we can uh, kind of take the wind out of the argument that TIF does all of these negative things to other taxing units, particularly schools, we want to be able to kind of quell those controversies on the local level <clears throat> so we're not back at the state house every year having a TIF fight. So um, I think it is important for you to talk with your legislators as well, not just your school superintendents and your school boards about the benefit of TIF, but talk with your legislators, share that success with them, show them how it's so important for TIF to remain a flexible tool and what it has done for your community so they're more apt um, to support only positive TIF legislation at the State House uh, if and when it comes up. All right, I think we're going to wrap up. Thanks, Brian and Lindsay. Make sure you go to the aimindiana.org website for a link to a recording of today's webinar. It's a full recap of what happened during the 2018 legislative session. You can also um, catch our State House report in mid-May. That'll be available on the AIM website as well. And you can attend one of the AIM budget workshops coming up regionally around the state this spring. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you on the next edition of Hometown Innovations Podcast.